We are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. You are now tuned in to another episode of Urban and Books with the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. Welcome to another edition of Bourbon and Books with the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ, along with Cousin Jeff. And we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution, where evolution is revolution. Brothers, it's, it's, it's good to uh, see you all back for bur- Bourbon and Books, man, since last season. We um, we flaked on each other over the summer. <laughs> We flip, we had one book that I actually read, man. We'll 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 get a do over on that one day, but the day ain't the day. We just we just gonna chalk that one up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I done probably forgot most of what I read, and yeah. I'm not gonna reread it again. No. I think the author was smoking mushrooms for real, but we'll like I say, another another topic for another day. We gotta yeah. give each other grace. It's been a pandemic, you know, self care, grace, all Listen, that good stuff. Hey, I, I'm with it. You ain't got to explain nothing. Yeah, I I'm with it, man. I disappeared for from like a lot of things. He disappeared I, for three months, though, Jeff. He disappeared for like a th- three whole months. This one a two week thing. I'm a pause. He said, "Yeah, man, I need a break." And then three months later, he reappeared. I did. I showed up, and people were just like, "Where you been?" I'm just like, "I'm here now. Let's let's focus on what today looks like, and then moving right. forward." Like. Yeah, people been real mad at me, but listen, all right, self-care is the best care. We here um, though. We here, man, and we've uh we brought along brother brother uh, William Roberts, otherwise known as Rick Ross, otherwise known as Ricky Rose, man. Rose. The big oh. boss and, and uh and, and cousin Jeff, you know, he he's a South Floridian as well. <laughs> South Floridian. Huh. Yeah, you know, man. The, the boss perfect. is in the building. Yeah, okay. the perfect day. To, the perfect day to boss up, man. A hustler's guide to building your empire. Rick Ross with uh, Neil Martinez Belkin as his uh, assistant on the on the project. Did y'all read? Did y'all read the book before? I think it was called Hurricanes. I didn't read the. Didn't that, read that was like a memoir. I didn't read okay. Hurricanes, mm-hmm. but I heard a lot about it. But yeah. I, I I won't try to read nothing sad over the last year, man. You know that's fair. I think you know. So after reading this, I think I'm going to go back to read that, um, because I was I was really intrigued and and entertained with um the perfect day to boss up. So before we jump in, um, you know we go off of the title. What did you think of the title alone when it was announced that this was the chosen book for the month of October? I thought it was going to be another. I thought it was going to be a book. Of like Rick Ross being a smarty op and telling me what I need to know and <laughs> what I need to do to live my best life. And I and I, you know, if this was a case of judging a book, uh judging a book by its cover or its title, um, I, you know, I kind of came into the book a little bit in my feelings because I was like, yo, I don't need Rick Ross to tell me what I need to do to live my best life to try to get through, especially after the last two years. I ain't listening to no rappers no more tell me what I need to do. I spent my 20s doing that. Jay-Z had, Jay-Z had me out here buying button-ups and, and, and fake Gucci loafers, man. Pharrell had me wearing trucker hats. Nah, I ain't listening to no more rappers telling me what to do. But that's what I first thought when, I, when we got the title. Okay. Jeff? I will say when I first saw what we was reading, 
I was surprised that this book was 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 chosen based off of what we have read before. Obviously, I do like this variety that we have, you know, something a bit more lighthearted. Um, and I say lighthearted, still providing us with a certain amount of information, but it's not like as heavy and it's not like this well-known author, not necessarily mm -hmm. person, but like author. But being from Florida, you know, I wasn't mad. I'm like, okay, Rick Ross, biggest boss. Um, he probably, he probably like the entertainer that I've seen the second most. Um, first is Jeezy. Um, but that's a story for another day. Yeah. Um, when I saw like the title, again, I wasn't upset. I was just like, okay. I was, I was again, I, you know how it is with my allegiance, right? In terms of if you went to my school or if we're from the same place, you already gonna get like at least like a go ahead. So I said, okay, I, I, I allowed myself to be open, but just looking at the cover alone, the first thing I was thinking, I was like, that, that's a fire sweater he got on. That's I ain't gonna lie, man. The little <laughs> little white tiger sweater, man. That joint, that joint's probably cashmere. <laughs> I said, that's a fire little sweater he got on. Um, and yeah, that, that was really what I was thinking. Then I was like, he probably gonna tell us about Wingstop. That was my first time. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a fire sweater. And we're going to talk about lemon pepper wings. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, fair point. I, um, I, when I first heard the, the title, when I looked at it, I was like, okay, perfect day to boss up. And I was like, hmm, whenever you read this is the, is the perfect day to start making changes to, right? A hustler's guide to building your empire. And then just following um, Ricky Rose, outside of the rap world, following his business moves, I was really intrigued. Um, I really wanted to, I wanted this book to be something that one, um, gave us some intel on the steps that he took, but I also wanted him to be vulnerable in this book. I wanted him to say, this is where I effed up, right? Like, because typically you'll read these books and they don't really tell you about like the misfortunes. They just tell you, oh, this is how I made my millions, right? You, you open your phone and you start trading on Forex. But it's like, how did you lose the couple millions before you started making the millions, right? And so that's what I really wanted. And, and that's what I was hoping that um, he was going to deliver. Um, just And I also had this small thought of like, he's going to describe what the perfect day looks like to boss up. Like, what does that mean? I thought it was going to be a play on words. And so um, I was really intrigued. The, the cover, it gave me like, it's a real simple, right? He's sitting on a milk crate. And it's and a was, great, it's like, it's very uh, melancholy cover. It's gray, yeah. <laughs> black and white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's, and he's sitting on a milk crate. And so when I kept looking at it, I was like, man, wonder how much that milk crate costs. Cause that's not no normal. Like you don't normally see white milk crates. Like where you get that from? They ain't got. Well, no you gotta crate. have a special milk crate to support Rick Ross <laughs> sitting on you. First of all, so yeah. that and probably is, wasn't your normal milk crate. <laughs> this is this is Ricky, right? Because Rick Rick was a Rick was a big boss, and Ricky Ricky done slammed down a little. Um, but there's nothing but money on this cover. Like looking at his fingers, the ring, rings, the watch, the necklaces. 
I'm guessing the the sweater was a couple thousand at least. At and least. So, so it was real humble. It was a real humble brag. Like, this is the perfect day to boss up. Yeah, I look simple, but, like, this outfit probably more than what y'all make in a year. I ain't gonna lie, though, man. I do kind of want me a cashmere white tiger sweater, though, man. That, that, joint, was, that joint was John Blaze, for real. <laughs> I would be lying if the vine said I had one saved. <laughs> so we kicked it off and a moment of transparency i didn't read the actual hard book or the kindle version i listened to um the audible version from start to finish you know typically i like the book where i can go back reread or as jeff likes to say i like to sit with it um but the whole entire time I was driving, which means I was probably in the car too long over the past week or so, I listened to listened to the book, and um, the the narrator was was on point. Yeah, he um, was. It was. He was. It was on point, right, with the inflections and stuff. But I I love the title of his chapters, the introduction, the fungus was among us, and I was <laughs> like, oh, that's hard, that's tough, and right, and just listening to it. Um, him describing what you know what he was experiencing and he had COVID before COVID was really like the thing it I was, think a lot of people did oh absolutely yeah. right mm-hmm. and so like what I can appreciate and I think because he was so descriptive in what he was experiencing and what he experienced I think that what that's what locked me into the rest of the book because I'm like if you if you're giving us this type of like insight to what you've experienced I think I think you're going to continue this throughout the book, and I think he delivered on what my expectations were. Yeah, I would I would agree. Uh, I would agree. I think the book, the uh, fungus was among us. That that uh, intro kind of set the tone when you talk about the perfect day to boss up. There's really no perfect day to boss up. You just do it, and the the descriptions around losing out on show money that he had spent, you know, his previous 15 years focused on, you know, get, he, he never turned down a bag. He said it explicitly. He never turned down a bag. You know, if it was uh, summer festivals, uh, funk fest, summer jams, stadiums, nightclubs, he was in it. And then just to kind of hear like his thought process, like, man, this main stream of, of revenue and income is done. And like him transitioning and kind of flipping it, it's like, well, you know, I, I am in a, I am in a 20 room house. Let me, let me chill here and get my thoughts together because I don't think this is going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, that, so I'm glad you pinpointed that. That was the perfect, like, that was the perfect stage for the rest of the book. Like, this is where it all came from, right? Like, this ain't going nowhere. I need to figure out how to pivot, um, pivot or perish, right? That was the theme of the pandemic, right? How do you pivot and continue to one boss up, make your money, uh, get your views, get your streams, whatever you do, right? How can you continue to do this when everybody's locked down inside? And like when he set the stage, like I stayed home. I was like, yeah, I feel you, man. I had to do that too. Granted, I ain't got 20 rooms to stay in, uh, but, you know, where I stayed felt like 20 rooms because it, it's mine. But, uh, you know, 
um i i do appreciate how he once again right the writing mechanics that he had the person that assisted him with this not saying he ain't doing by himself right but the other person's name that's on it right how they set the framework for the rest of the story was very strong at the beginning you know i i ride for my people but oh. I, I was having some other feelings with this um so just to go through a few points that you all made i do feel like the co-author spoke in his voice which is always good Obviously, he probably added, he like beefed up his thoughts, but it was good to see that he spoke in his voice. Mm -hmm. To something you stated earlier, it's almost like on social media, right? You, you, you find out that people do these things, but it's just like, how, how exactly did you get there? And I, feel like, I felt like he has enough success and he has enough material to really talk about that. But... I, I just felt like it still was being like somewhat skimmed over. Now he did kind of talk about like, let's use his words, how to play happy. Oh, it, you know, I met this person this year. They said, no, this is what I did for them. But what, what exactly did that, did that look like, like on a, on a day to day? So I, I feel like it kind of just skimmed over um, some stuff. And I, I don't know, I just, I was looking for a bit more of insight Mm-hmm. And, and I won't go too deep in the book. I, I do feel like the first part of it, it did pull you in. He did have, as what we probably would say, some like uh, catchphrases, some punchlines, which were good, which made this book his. But it was almost like if you're making some chicken, maybe I wanted a breast and you're just giving me wingettes. I'm just like, bro, like where's the mess of the, the meat? Hey, in his words, as long as it came from wing stop, I mean, you better you better eat up. <laughs> and he and he never really got into that whole thing, right? He skim, he did skim over it. He did skim over it. And I I will I will uh, acknowledge that perspective for sure. Um, I do think, and he alluded to it in in one one of the chapters of the book. Um, as far as like why he didn't kind of go into like the development of the wing stop. But I think it was more so pulling it out and being able to put an emphasis on the diversification of different business ventures. Cause it's even funny because like Jeff, like you said, he didn't even mention um, when he wrote the book, it was around the time that um, there was like a chicken wing shortage. <laughs> Mm -hmm. too right and right. He, he so he didn't he didn't even acknowledge uh some of the logistics around the challenges exactly. that some of his businesses encountered during the pandemic and so i i could see how that would be a value and then because i what i was looking for is uh you know how how did they kind of pivot to say mm -hmm. and kind of make a play on thigh stop versus wing stop like what about the thighs like he, he did this social media campaign about what about mm -hmm. the thighs and he didn't mention that in the book so i will give you that i think um i was curious to know more about um the technical aspect of his business acumen but i do think a lot of the stuff that he talked about was still a value um especially around the the john deere tractor and if I he's agree. gonna be if he's gonna be home like I think he was giving, I think he was giving people like different layers of the game, yeah, across. So it wasn't, it wasn't maybe for somebody who is 
um, as as business savvy and, and proficient as you are, yeah. he giving you a trickle because I really I do think part of the message that he he really tried to hit home was regardless of like your stature or where you are, you can boss up at any level, at any time, in any circumstance. And so I, I like the setup from that regard. I, I so I, I was reading the chapters and I knew that it wasn't going to be, the, the book wasn't thick at all, right? So I actually have the hard copy of the book. Someone got it for me. Um, but it wasn't as thick as, as I was anticipating. Like it, it was nowhere near the width of Barack Obama's, right? And so that let me know that one, this is going to be um, a quick read, but two, I didn't expect for him to go too deep in the weeds in terms of like the concepts that he was going to give. I think for me, at least the way, the way they were presented and then the real life narratives that he provided, I think that was good enough. Um, but I do think there were some opportunities where it was like, say more mm-hmm. yeah right don't don't give me your rap lyrics right now because i know that means chapter about to about to be over like don't do that ricky <laughs> he did he did he did drop the, he did drop them bars like in, in very strategic positions i, I could appreciate that I, yeah. I actually had a greater appreciation for his career after like listening to him drop some of the lines and some of the chapters because i'm mm-hmm. like yo the dude has legit come a long way yeah mm-hmm. a very yeah. long way yeah um, so it was interesting. What was the, I, I love the chapters, uh, the titles, because that typically when people, you know, title a book or I mean title a chapter, they'll say it, but it was like, what the hell does this have to do with what we just, okay. Um, he gave simple, I think everyday tips that we all knew, but I think it was in the way that he presented it, where it was like, mm, if this nigga can do it, then you know, like if he can go from making driving, what did he say? Driving two and a half hours to get three hours, three hours. Yeah, he drove. He drove from from Miami to Fort Myer. That's a <laughs> that ain't a, a easy drive for two hundred fifty dollars, and then it ended up the night going to jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was hollering because I'm sitting here thinking, um, when I worked at a club and seeing how the individuals would show up, like I I never knew that niggas was getting paid like domino pizza rates right like i didn't know i i don't know why i didn't think i I don't think it i think it was just beyond me right so when i dj'd at the club i knew how much i made i was a college student what i made i thought was pretty decent i was making more than ricky rose djing at at in college like i'm just spinning sir you um you're you're like the opening act or like you okay man i wasn't surprised because nah. again you know typically when you have like a big when i say big headliner we ain't talking about somebody top of the rap game but you got somebody that people want to see those people usually opening for them they you're typically a part of their crew or they're just like a local act i mean 150 i, I was like oh <laughs> They even they even offered you some money because fair because normally it's just like this is a way for you to get some exposure. They're coming to see X person, and we just inviting you to, to be there. I think most people 
would have taken them breadcrumbs. But in reality, it's like, this not a win-win situation because this, what it's going to cost you to, to go down there, what's going to cost you to, to come back. And then his fan base wasn't really down there. He said, so, what did he say, Jeff? He said, yeah, man, they, uh, I, I came and performed and they was waiting. They weren't there to see me. They were waiting for me to get off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> you Look, we all been there. You came Yo, but I, I, I all, all been there, man. All been there, man. You like who, who this mug they got? What, what they what they found him from? But that right. was the vulnerable piece of it, though, brother Jay. You mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Like I, he, I, he questioned, he questioned whether or not the mm, rap thing was worth that, it. That's and good. I'm just like, damn. What if what if he gave up? That's but that, that was a good part of the. You know, when we talk about going deep. That was actually a good part, I think, of the book. Just saying, like. He, because I, I, he talked about typically when you get ready to hit success, you're like at what you feel is your end of your road. He was like, success is right around the corner. That is something that I can relate. To. I think that's something that all of us can relate to. He was like, man, like I literally was about to give up. Like I was about to throw in this towel. And right after that, it was success. I feel like that was a mm. not only a deep moment, but it was one that visually you can just see him going down there, him getting into this accident. You getting locked up. You you went to make a couple, not even a couple, $150, $200. You end up spending $1,000. You had to get bailed out of jail. You just like, what type of math is that? Yeah. Yeah, and, the, the, and your Escalade is total. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot, bro. And I'm sitting here thinking like, man, gas in a Cadillac Escalade. Yo, three hours. Three hours. And ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis, right? And, and the so, time and the timing of what that <laughs> that that incident, it seemed like it was like the early 2000s, late not early 2000s when gas was like four dollars a gallon. So yeah. yeah. Oh, because yeah. you had you had to look the part, right? You couldn't be like old buddy on uh P Valley showing up in his uh his Saturn coupe or no, it was <laughs> Saturn sedan. Yeah. At a Chevrolet Corsica. <laughs> But no, that was a that was a good part, Jeff, because I was sitting here thinking like, damn, how many times have we gotten to that point where it's like, yo, I don't think this is it. And like. Tonight, right, as I'm driving to where I'm going, I'm just like, yo, maybe I should take this way because like I'm literally in the middle of the storm or and I remember my mentor telling me he was like. He always laughs at people that pull over on the side of the road in the middle of the storm because he was like, waiting for the storm can pass means that you are putting your time in the storm, right? But the easiest way to get out of the storm is to go through the storm, right? And so like, I, I think of that all the time when I'm ready to give up, I'm just like, ah, typically things get hard right before you get to your next level. Right. When I, when you see opposition thinking of a video game, right. You don't really see opponents until you get close to your goal. Right. Opposition doesn't come until you are getting right next to where you're about to be. And so just thinking about it, like had he had given up when that moment where he, where he described in the book, there would be no Ricky Rose, right. He wouldn't have the Vander Holyfield's um, home that he caught on a discount oh the discount discount because evander holyfield paid 20 million dollars i think he, he bought it for five 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 point four or something like something that like and, that yeah 
but it was i think they were selling it for like seven seven mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah JP. and so i'm yeah jp morgan chase right mm-hmm. <laughs> so like just just listening to all of that but i was like yo this is real this is real because we could all identify moments where it was like we were giving up and we didn't know that just around the corner was what we was praying for literally just just a few more steps and we would have been there i i, I think back to my college um experience and there was times where i, I was participating in something and i was like you know what this shit ain't it <laughs> this this shit ain't it and then you hear somebody hey man just you know it's almost you're almost there man f you and f this right i don't want i don't want this no more like this is dumb you dumb this whole entire thing is dumb but then hindsight is 2020 i literally was like almost there and so like him being vulnerable in that moment i was like i could appreciate that in my head i was like you big dummy <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, the the crazy part is there were a lot of mishaps that he mentioned in the book that was either his own or others, and he kind of related back to him. And you mentioned the fact that he he purchased Evander Holyfield's former home, mm-hmm. and how he was going over the property and seeing some of the stuff that he had done, Evander had done on the property that just wasn't really aligned with. Mm his 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 mantra his brand mm-hmm. who he was what he did yeah. and, it, and the coldest thing was like yo why does Evander Holyfield have a recording studio when he probably should have had uh, a, a boardroom to establish some workout equipment that more that was more aligned with his brand yeah. and and the crazy part is I would say Evander Holyfield and Rick Ross because um Rick Ross talked about uh, you know, the 10,000 hours of mastery and he mm-hmm. off, you know, kind of playing off of some of the, 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 the Mamba mentality beliefs. <clears throat> I would, I would guarantee that Evander Holyfield and Rick Ross have spent an equal amount of time mastering their craft to get them into that house. Let, like, like <laughs> yeah. equal amount of time in terms of the, the, the sweat equity the dedication, the L's, all of the things that it is required for you to be great at something, to get into that that estate. And one person, it cost him more to buy in and he lost everything. And the other person copped it at a discount. But I don't think it was like, I don't think it had anything to do with um, their abilities or even their competency. It's like sometimes you got the wrong people around you or people are telling you, well, you need to do this instead of sticking to the script and say, yeah, I only got paid $250 for this performance and I totaled my car. Like somebody telling me, yo, keep at it, keep at it. That would have been a difficult conversation for me. <laughs> I think the, the real difference between how Rick Ross has been successful in that house uh, compared to Holyfield, one was aligned, one wasn't. Mm. I, think, ah. <laughs> I think Holyfield had a vision when he was building that house, when he bought it, but it just wasn't aligned with who he was. I yeah. think when Rick Ross got that house, it was very clear to him how he can make this house, like it's what he wanted, but how he can make it work for him. Yeah. And that, that really was the difference between the two. It wasn't yeah. that it wasn't a good house. He it just wasn't matched with the brands or with the personalities, and it kind of it kind of sucks because 
somebody may, may be able to argue when we talk about academic academia um holyfield is more smarter right like he has the know-how i don't know what school he went to or what he's been a, been a part of but people can argue that but them same skill sets that rick ross was using in the street hustling he knew okay this is what i need to do to turn this liability into an asset yes sir and and you know what not to go off of like on a, a tangent but i'm gonna be transparent in this moment so i ha had a car bought it two years ago um i won't i know this is a uh, a huge podcast so i don't want to get any bad fan mail you know so i bought it from a dealer who claimed that the cars were certified if you're gonna buy used i'm always like make sure that mug certified yeah this car was not certified in the first year i'm changing brakes i'm changing tires i'm changing windshield wipers but this certified i was like you know what ain't no way that this car is certified second year I'm changing motor mounts. I'm changing all types of stuff. So I said, you know what, Jeff? Nice little luxury vehicle. I'm like, it's time for this, this to go back. Tell me how I sold this car back to the same dealer for more than what I paid it for. I walked away with a five-figure check after they paid off what was owed on this car. I'm like, how? Wow. How? That's tough. How? You were Evander and Ricky Rose in the same <laughs> in the same car. And Luke Bella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it goes, it goes back to I think, you know, again, I think Rick Ross has some excellent points in this book, even though it wasn't communicated the way that I probably would have preferred. It's like when you're everything that you are investing your time and money, you have to see it as an asset opposed to a liability. Yeah. society and a lot of people will tell you like nah that could never be an asset that's liability they'll tell you oh as soon as you as soon as you take this car off the lot it's gonna lose its value you're gonna be in the red i'm like that's a lie because it, it it all depends on different factors the pandemic you know is this car in like high demand how many miles you have have on it have you been taking care of the car like so yeah so to that point, right, I I chuckled, but it was a chuckle like, oh, damn, I've been giving away shit for free. Like when he said <clears throat> individuals were coming to him to get a tour of the house to see if they wanted to film there. Even if they decided they didn't, he got money because they had to pay to tour it. And I was like, damn, like. You know, as a consultant, you typically do a free con consultation so you can see is like, is this going to be a good partnership? Mm -hmm. 15, 30 minute call. But then I was like, uh, uh, yesterday's price ain't today's price. I got rid of the free consultation in that moment. I was like, no, even if you decide that this ain't it, you still got to pay me for my time. Because like technically, like this is a first date. This is an interview. Like I'm trying to I don't want to say sell, but present my services in a way that meets the need, right? I'm investigating, I'm doing market research. Like I'm also giving you solutions during this consultation on like what the process looks like. So you say no to me, but then you call Jeff and you tell Jeff, this is how I want the process to go. Jeff got an easy job and he getting paid. Mm -hmm. No, sir, no, ma'am, right? And so I literally 
the day I heard him say that, went to the site, took down the free consultation link. Now, ain't nothing free over here. At the yesterday's price is not today's price. Hey man, and you spent ten thousand hours. You've legit spent ten thousand hours in your investment and in your yep. business. And so, with that being said, you are the subject matter expert, and you can demand your price. And I think that goes back to. Um, I think that goes back to one of the uh, titles uh, and one of the chapters where it says your hustle determines your salary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're giving it away for free, then you, you, you're kind, you're, you're kind of, uh, you're counterproductive to what your value and your worth is. Yeah. Not saying you shouldn't because everybody has a humble beginning, but I think part of the lesson in the book was once you also get to a certain stature, then your time becomes more valuable than the money that you could make from whatever kind of excursion that you're going on. And so you have to be more mindful as far as how you're going to spend your time to make money. Absolutely. And it was cold. It was cold, man. Cause when he said he had to sit down and he was cutting his grass and, and checking out the lay of the land and getting all of these ideas. He said he rolled two joints. He said he rolled two joints and and got in got in the car got i mean got on got on the tractor the john deere and he was gone for six hours all over the property and he thought about different concepts and to jeff to your point how you how he could take advantage of that asset in one man's life it was a liability and he flipped it into a couple of different assets between Mm -hmm. the the movie production scene in atlanta uh, the cars that he rents out because he loves cars. I think the, the the coolest thing about the book for me, um, and he alluded to it in one of the chapters around uh, when he was talking about yay, and we, we ain't going to go into it, but when he was talking about yay. But the, the, concept <laughs> of, the concept of staying true to yourself mm-hmm. and investing in the things that really that you have an affinity for an appreciation for that you enjoy and admire. Like that was my takeaway. It's like, yo, he, he hasn't invested in anything that he personally didn't either use or really enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's half the battle too. Cause a lot of times we'll say we need to do X, Y, and Z because it's the, it's the trend. It's the fad. Uh, it's, it, it may get us the most likes, it may get us the most followers, but it's not of substance because it's not a part of us. Yeah. And I think yeah. to that point, uh, I'm gonna let you get your, no, to that ahead. point, I think long-term people respect authenticity more than like you just pushing a product, you know, cause he talked about how somebody can, you know, they connect with that brand. They get, they do one little ad. You don't see them with it anymore. I think he thinks, things through long-term. Okay, if I connect with this brand, that how can I incorporate them in the stuff that I'm doing right now, which makes more sense. And if you're really trying to increase um, whether it's your percentage or how much you're getting from it, I feel like it, it works twofold. It's like, well, I'm already going to be here. Let me just bring this over. Now we can renegotiate my, my deal as well. So, I mean, if the stuff you're doing, it, it makes sense now. You know, that, 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 uh, what did he say? It's looking versus becoming. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to look the part versus becoming who they're supposed to be. And I think he's, he's kind of mastered that, even though he kind of shied away. He, he, I was happy that he addressed the, uh, 
the uh, correctional officer thing yeah. that he originally tried to deny. But yo, why deny it, man? You was in the grind. You took a job. I'm still yeah. kind of, the jury's still kind of out for me as far as like you adopted another man's name. But at, that's that's another topic for another day. But I do think this kind of this this uh, picturesque bravado of Rose and referring to yourself in the third person. And uh, when he talks about speaking it into existence, mm-hmm. like speaking this bravado, speaking these, this grandiose kind of lifestyle is really a part of his rap image, but he's expanded it where it's profitable for endorsement deals, for uh, property. Like it's, it's the driving force behind all of his business decisions mm-hmm. that it has to be true to him. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't have that that level of uh, introspect, and a lot of people don't have that level of confidence. Fair, fair point. I think um, I did laugh every time he referred to himself as Ricky Rose. Hilarious! Uh, <laughs> the dude is person. the dude is entertaining for real. Yeah, like, and his his lines was was good. So, um, as we draw to a close, what was your favorite part of the book? Mm. man he he dropped like he was dropping his bars throughout the book but he also dropped a lot of one-liners man so yeah i'm gonna just run through a list of a, a few of them just because i just thought it was i just thought it was hilarious man um one one thing that was real he said you know you gotta acknowledge the process and he addressed kind of like this social media wave that yeah he doesn't have the a, a lot of followers as some and he's not the highest selling uh, rapper out in the industry but he's he's a stable and people come to him for his subject matter expert expertise and that and he, he kind of showcased that by some of the features that he dropped some of the lines from features that he did with artists like your today's popular artists mm-hmm. and so acknowledging that process of yo you actually took a three-hour trip to make 250 dollars and ended up probably five thousand dollars in the hole that's part of the process and that's something that you build on another thing that he talked about um was this this concept of really being self-made and he he had the quote he said self-made tastes better being self-made tastes better and i thought that was like the coldest line in the book because i could say he he's legit self-made because he's kind of stuck to this image and to this thing that he's invested time in now, is that for show or is that really who he is? I don't think that's the discussion. I think it the image that he wants to portray, he's he, he's doubled down on it. And as a, as a result, I think some of the um, the empire, when he talks about having to build the empire brick, brick by brick, I think he enjoys that process. Because I think once you, I, I, I heard this from a, a, a wealthy person one day and they said, once you learn how to make your first million dollars, making the next five and $10 million is the easy part. Because once you know how to make a million dollars, then you always gonna know how to make a million dollars if not yeah. more. Yeah. And I, and I think Rick Ross is, a, is the epitome of that, which is, which is kind of dope. And um, you know, this concept of being, uh being a being a bronco versus being a donkey <laughs> i thought that was funny um you know fast money also comes with fast losses and then also 
uh, you know, he's at a stage of his life now where he wants to have a greater impact versus greater income. But I think the, the kind of lane that he's in, he's going to be able to do both. And I don't know, I think it's a, a, a rarity where you have a black man coming from his beginnings that can prioritize the impact over the income. Mm, that was my, like, and that was my line. That was yeah. my line that I that I was like, oh, as I was driving, I was like, that's it. That's the yeah. one. It was cold. It was cold, man. But I, I think overall, he um, he dropped some gems uh, across all all levels, all boards. Um, that the the master the master in the art of the L. That chapter resonated with me because I think it's important because I don't think we we as a people, we know how to take L's anymore because social media only shows and highlights the good stuff and the finished product. It doesn't highlight the L's. And I, we've we've kind of invested in uh, going 50 and 0 with no losses. You can always have a loss because it's life. To your point, it was a lot of good one-liners, you know, in there. Um I'm going to say my top one, but then go through some of the other ones that I thought were just as good. This is something that I've always just kind of said to myself. Uh, he says, if you want to be a boss, you first have to be a worker. I always say everybody wants to be a boss, but no one wants to be an employee. Yeah. You cannot be a boss if you don't want to be an employee. You have to crawl before you can walk. I feel like when we talk about social media, when we talk about seeing people out just in social like spaces and you see like they have a mass certain things, you see in that finished product, you, you do not see what it took for them to get there. How Rick Ross talks about, hey, my breakout hit hustling, it took me 10 years. It was 10 years before I got that. Like that's the part that I think no one realized. Matter of fact, I don't think that I really was aware that, man, he had been doing it 10 years before hustling came out. And that line just like resonates with me all the time. And I think when we start something, it's like, oh, let me just say, when I start something, I never have to be at the top of it. I know that, okay, I start here. That doesn't mean that's where I have to end at. And everything just going to take some time. Um, a couple other things he said which resonated as well he said the dangerous part of excuses is that a lot of them make sense oh that kind of hit me because it's just like if you're looking for an excuse you're gonna find one and it don't matter what it is if you don't want to go to the gym you're gonna find a reason not to go to the gym it's gonna be one out there just waiting for you um he talked about it before. He said, are you more concerned with looking successful than actually becoming successful? I think that one's always funny because, you know, a lot of people say uh, it's like not played a part before, like fake it before, fake it till you make it. So I kind of think sometimes like, you know, should you not be faking it until you make it? But maybe what he was kind of relating to is that instead of actually being successful, most people, well, I ain't gonna say most, there are people out there who just want to look like they're successful, but you're not really putting in that sweat equity to be successful. I think one of my favorite like rap lyrics from him is self-made, you just affiliated, I built it ground up, you bought it renovated. I think that speaks to privilege. I mean, if yes. we really, it speaks to privilege. 
yes. it speaks to, and, and I'm not knocking those who have it, but there is something about you like starting from the ground up, knowing that, look, all the success that I have, it wasn't, obviously somebody gave you uh, like some type of help, but it was not like, hey, here go a mill, now turn that into multiple millions. It was like, here go a degree, now make it happen. And that's one of my favorite lines by um, Rick Ross. Uh, a few other ones, being active doesn't translate to being effective or productive. Deep. Just because you moving, that don't, don't mean- That don't mean motion, <laughs> yeah. That don't mean nothing. And Motion don't confused. mean movement, yes, sir. We get confused so much in life about that. We think, give you a prime example. I remember out of college, started working for the government. I was like, you know, it's 2009. We just came out of financial crisis. I'm like, this is a safe route to go. I knew at my job, though, every year I was going to get a promotion for the next five years. So I said, I'm going to be fine. I had friends started good jobs. Before I knew it, unfortunately, fired, quit, miserable. And then, you know, where I am today, Folks just like, oh, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm like, look, I done been here 12 years. Like, when this wasn't sexy, like, this where I was at because it just made most sense. And I knew professionally, even if I jumped lanes, I knew this would put me in the right direction. Again, this book, the information wasn't necessarily laid out how I would have liked, but the concepts and things that he said it don't matter what stage you are, you can um, take like some good nuggets from it. And that's what I appreciated. I think for me, my favorite part was when he was talking about shifting your focus from your income to your impact, like Kevin mentioned. And then um, don't ever put a deadline on your dreams, right? And he talked about how long it took for him to get to where he was. And then when he mentioned, you know, the chapter with uh, Ye, that the artist formerly known as Kanye, um, how they were rapping in front of places together. And I was like, oh. And he just talked about how, like, he, sh he demonstrated his integrity throughout the book. Like, I ain't got no beef with X, Y, and Z. Like, it's been all love. Yeah, he sound like he crazy, but I'm gonna come through. He told me he was... That was ill though, because they were rapping in front of hotels or whatever. And then Kanye introduces him to the CEO of Chick-fil-A. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> oh yeah, we used to rap together out in front of hotels. And I was like, I probably wouldn't have said that uh, to the CEO of Chick-fil-A, but I see what you did there. Um, but no, I appreciate that. He was like, yo, you know, like he hit him up. It's like, yo, I'm in your town, inviting me to come through. He's like, so, you know, I fired up the Phantom and I'm on my way. I, I appreciated that even when he said he wasn't paying attention to like the presidential presentation, which was hilarious. Cause I was like, yeah, I don't think I would have done that either. But at the end of the day, it's a business. So he was like, listen, I need my beats and I need them like right now. I hear what you saying about all that. Like I, you need me to write, I need my beats. They said, let's make a switch. And I was like, yo boss up. Like, and I appreciated that. Um, but just him sharing his journey um, 
because a lot of people think that you know success is like popcorn you put it in the microwave mm. you set it and forget it and boom it's there but mm. no he one didn't pop till he was 30 he didn't pop till he was 30 yeah yeah and he, he didn't after. really get his money until he was 40 yeah and he was in the game with what 20 yep mm-hmm. right so 10 years purgatory <laughs> and then another 10 to get paid and this going back my mentor says this all the time like how bad do you want this because in order for you to get what you want it's going to take everything you got every single time and i that's what was illustrated in the book right i i appreciated um how he was grinding hard for a business or a brand that didn't even bring him on as an ambassador yet right he was like i'm showing loyalty before i even before I even get any dividends from it, I'm going to show you that I'm supporting you, right? I'm buying it and I'm sending it to all my friends and like, yo, tell everybody, you know, that this is Rick Rose's favorite Rose. And I was like, yo, that's, that's what's up. Right. And so I think that was my favorite part of the book. Um, so now I'm going to go back and read hurricanes. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think that that should be, that should be on the list for us, man. We, what, you think we should put that on the list? I'm gonna read it too. I mean, whether if we decide or not. I mean, y'all inspiring me. Hey man, we can keep it in South Florida, man. We can keep it in South Florida. I'm with it. We I don't know. So so let's read this just read it and take notes. We won't discuss it next. Yeah. We're gonna diversify uh our discussions. Um, but no, put a pin in that. Put yeah. a pin in that. And um all right, so black power fist, what we giving it. Uh, here we go. go. Here we go. go. Here we go with this dude, Jeff, man. Here we go with this guy. Two, two and two thirds. I'm going to go first. I'm going to yeah. go first. I'm going to go first because all Jeff want to do is whenever I go, he want to go like two below me. <laughs> Since I'm the softy when it comes to all of the book reviews. I ain't going to lie, man. I'm going to give it four and a half, man. I'm going to give it four and a half. Based on look, he grabbing his, he clutching his pearls and shit. What was that about? <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna give it four and a half because I like the content. I like I like the fact that it was it's a product of hip hop. I like the fact that it was some real gems in there, and I like the fact that. Um, Yo, man, that, that like you said, brother Jay, you don't put a don't put a deadline on your dreams because you yes, put sir. a deadline on your dream ain't big enough. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, you could be, you could be. I don't know if I'm gonna be wearing skinny jeans or nothing like that, but yo, you know, I don't. I, you you don't have to be. You don't have to be at your apex at thirty or at forty, man. It's it's about life. It's about the race. It's about the race, man. So yeah, I'm gonna give it four and a half, man. I'm gonna stick and I'm gonna put a stamp on that. So you, okay. you do it, you do what you will. Have your druthers, have your druthers, cousin Jeff. Have have your druthers, whatever. So I, I'm gonna say this, you know, repeating some of the things I said earlier. I respect, I respect the hustle. Um even if you know, take the fact that if, if Rick Ross wasn't a rapper, when you look at what he's done in terms of his his play. As he says, my motto is that if it ain't long-term play, then it's just small talk, which I, I agree with. You know, we're talking about real estate and things of that sort. But I, I respect his hustle. I think there are 
good, like, for the most part, concepts that he talked about. And, and, and it probably didn't rise to the level of a concept, but it's just like, it's, it's good models that he put out there. Um, but I wish there was a bit more vulnerability. I wish there was a bit more layer in terms of how certain things um, came about. Again, I wanted to hear a bit more about like just Wingstop, how that all happened. I think he said he owned 75 stores. How did the first store happen? How were you able to get to, to that point? Um, so one of the things you said earlier, I think just where I am, maybe I just needed a more advanced version of this book. I do think that folks can get something from this book. But after a while of reading it, I finished it, but I was actually over it at a certain point. God, no. I was over it. I Here was it over comes. it. Here it comes. With that being said, you know, <laughs> I, he, get, he called him William Roberts, man. He didn't even say Rose. He didn't say Rick Ross, Ricky Ross. He called him Brother Roberts. <laughs> oh. Um, Rick Rick Ross, my guy. I I would be interested to. to see like what hurricane sounds like because after i read this one i was kind of like i feel like he should just stick to those other things that he's doing because that seems like where he should be my personal opinion hey um, man this this one was a new york times bestseller as well you know what i question that whole list at this point because <laughs> oh shit i've seen no not, this not, this yeah, not about the shade the shade is coming in like a hurricane brother jay did you hear it <laughs> this not about rick ross but there are almost every book is on that list now and i'm just like what's the criteria what is the criteria to get on this list i think you got to sell uh, similar to amazon i think you got to sell a certain number within a certain amount of time in order to be on the list i think they, Don't quote me they need to raise that bar though that's wow. just my thoughts um wow. i do appreciate i do appreciate that during the pandemic when everybody was just kind of like sitting around and like what i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do at this time he was like, yo, let's, 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 let's put out another book. So I like, I like when people take a situation that's not ideal and you turn it into something like better, something bigger. And you thinking like, I appreciate every move that he's made, but the book didn't just do it for me as it did for y'all. With that said, I'm going to go with, it's out of five. Nah, man, just go, just go with some of your heart. I'm just, I'm go with some of your heart, is. man. You I'm already set it up. <laughs> I'm seeing what the ceiling is. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's, I'm it's gonna out go of five. With, I got to go with three and a half. That's fair. That's fair. That that's your, too that's, bad. That won't too bad. That's your, that's your opinion? Yeah. That yeah. too bad. Three and a half. Three and a half. Um, I, I'm going to give it a solid four. There was, there was a, one, I listen to the whole entire thing while I'm driving it. Typically, I like, I got to stop. I got to read, like, my attention. I'm like, oh, look, a squirrel. Like, and I, but this one, it kept me tuned in. It kept me locked in. And like I said, um, real life, um, real life examples that I could relate to. It wasn't so far-fetched. Like, now, granted, I ain't got 20 rooms in my house, like I said, but just how he shift the focus i think he was telling us like yo this is what i have this is where i've come this like this is where i started humble beginnings this is where i am but i didn't get here because someone i, I didn't wake up on third 
right? I, I, I actually had to hit a triple. This is how I got here. Or somebody else had to hit me on, like, because I only hit a single. Someone else did it, and, and, and I ended up on third. Like, I didn't just wake up on third. Um, so I'm going to give it a four. So, Kev, you gave it a four and a half. He gave it a three and a half. You gave it a four. So he that's, got, hey. That's, that's, that's 12. So we balanced out with four then, brother. That's four, so, man. That's 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 what this is about. Bourbon and black, books. Yeah, four on the see, black. See, why y'all power. be acting black like my Uh-oh. score be it's similar to what y'all got out here. Yeah, like my score just be all over the place. Man, you set it up, bro, man. You, you bro, set I it up when we just know you're going to crash it down. I thought it was going to be at least a one and a half. Like, yeah. <laughs> the way you set it up, I was like, oh, shit. It was and all then- right. It was all right. But, you know, <laughs> I was expecting his business plan along with who's on his board of directors. And his, and his ancestry DNA results. <laughs> like, I wanted, I wanted to know more. He didn't give me enough. I- <laughs> oh, funny. All right, man. So, listen. Hey, man. So, it's uh, the, the next book. The next book we'll post it on IG. Thanks for everyone that um, is always interested to hear what the brothers from Bourbon and Books has to say. Um, we've we've been told that we are adding to people's library collection, and yo, as long as we read, and that's all that matters. Black men read, man. Black men lead all the time, man. Yes, all sir. The time, man. All the time. So, uh, thank you all for joining us for another edition of Bourbon and Books with the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev and our homeboy brother, cousin Jeff. Uh, this month's edition, the New York Times best-selling author, Rick Ross, The Perfect Day to Boss Up, A Hustler's Guide to Building Your Empire. Four fists on the Black Power rating. Until next time, be like. Be like. <laughs>